So I think we start this one off by congratulating the Young Bucks on their uh, collision debut. (laughs) What a great sight to see at the end of uh, a collision this week. Gee, I wonder why they finally showed up on a show they never wanted to be on before, Toogie. Oh, I got to keep going, I guess, eh? I wonder what I wonder what what uh, FTR is gonna do now. It's gonna be uh, well, it's gonna be. They did just resign brand new contracts, right? Uh, it, I mean, were they really going to lose anything? Where I mean, it's FTR. They lost a friend today, professionally, but really, like, does this impact them at all? I wouldn't think so. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the second Turnbuckle podcast, by the way. <laughs> you hit Ricard way too soon. I did. Yeah, I did. Word, but though. yeah, my name is Doogie, joined, of course, by the one, the only, the illustrious, the handsome, stupendous, marvelous Crash Andrews. Stop stopping. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and we are recording this podcast at uh just past 10 p.m eastern time mm-hmm. on saturday september the 2nd which, which will, will be down in infamy in a lot of ways it very much will as i don't know for sure what today's show would have entailed i imagine it would have been a lot of talk about all in the new one, out. not the old one. We're never going to talk about the old one. In 2018, <laughs> yeah, it's just never coming up at this point. But it's almost perfect in a sense. The day all in, all out. I just put that together. Oh, my God. Literally the day before all out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost perfect in a way because all in was an incredible event. I really, really enjoyed the pay-per-views. So did a lot of other people. Uh, Unlike Eric Bischoff, I do think they did a great job of showcasing that stadium to its fullest. Okay, they didn't have a stage that looks like a fucking roller coaster. But do we want to do we want to touch on all in before we get to the no, because allow me to finish the segue. Go right ahead. I feel like they knocked it out of the park at Wembley. You know, I feel like at most people can kind of nitpick the booking before, and that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who need to drive people to their podcasts for for views and impressions will pick apart. Oh, but the stage was small. It's fine when WWE does it, though. Remember that we we, we didn't um, do that. By the way, we didn't we didn't do the whole you know clickbait to our podcast. Well, no, because nobody cares. We're just yelling at ourselves here, but that's yeah, better. fine. Um, <laughs> it's better than yelling at a cloud like the old man that I am. Continue. They knocked it out of the park at Wembley, in my opinion. I so, really, really enjoyed that show. It had been a very long time since I had watched a pay-per-view. And then the next day, been like, I want to watch it again. Like I got that feeling back that I have not had too often. And again, people can disagree with that. And that's cool. I, I, I I kind of do, but that will be a podcast for another day. But to that point, mm-hmm. the talk of All In was not 
hardly it was hardly if at all the event itself historic historic the, event the matches Easily. the attendance yeah. mm-hmm. the story from all in immediately after that pay-per-view started because that's when the news broke on on twitter and yes i still call it twitter it's twitter fuck you elon um, the story there was one cm punk mm-hmm. philip brooks phil phil <sighs> Phil. Who might just be going back to he who shall not be named. That's <laughs> right. I mean, he's still, he's still number two. He didn't take the top spot. And no, I don't I don't want to see anybody claim that top nope. spot. I feel like that's, nope. that's almost untouchable. Um, Jeez. Like, so everybody knows at this point, right? It's such a weird opening to this fucking podcast, but whatever. It kind of sums up perfectly just how friggin' weird today is because it is very, very weird. Um, the incident that everyone was talking about was a backstage confrontation with Jack Perry mm-hmm. spurned on by what might have happened a few weeks ago with them having a disagreement backstage. And then Jack Perry on the, the buy-in the pre-show making zero a comment hour, zero, zero hour. That's right. Buy-in is when it's uh, uh double or nothing. And then every other time it's zero hour, I believe. Um, making a comment in regards to what they would have disagreed about, the use of glass, blah, blah, blah. And as we know now, they have an incident backstage. And in regards to, oh, this happened and this person started, there was a punch, there was a choke, there were monitors. In regards to all of that, like, look, we don't fucking know. There's always just going to be so much thrown out there. It's so damn similar. It's exactly that's identical to what happened. No, 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 no. Nobody got bit this time. <laughs> Fair, but I don't mean in regard to the actions of the alleged okay. fight, but in regards to the trickling out of details. Yes. He said, she said, it's a friggin' repeat of what we saw last year at yep. this time. I mean, literally. I mean, God, all uh all out 2022 was September 4th. So yeah. literally almost a year to the day. I, here we are. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't know AEW's calendar. I legitimately mm-hmm. don't know. Like, I will probably know that All Out now is in September mm-hmm. because of today. Like, because I, I legitimately didn't know that it was a year ago that we had Brawl Out. Because it yeah. feels like we've only done four podcasts since. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I I don't know when Revolution is. I don't know when um, uh, Fighter Fest or whatever they call it. Like, I, I, I haven't gotten used to the schedule yet. So I legitimately, like, earlier when I was like, holy crap, it's all out again. It legitimately is. But the other thing, too, is we didn't have CM Punk for nine months. Yeah. Somewhere around there, right? Like, we've only had him back for three, maybe four months. He returned in the middle of June with the debut of Collision. Right. That's right. His show. (laughs) So, going through the timeline here, right? Because like I said... All in 
as a show has just been completely overshadowed uh, all out on t- tomorrow. Sunday night has been completely in, overshadowed, just like all out was Chicago. last year in Chicago. Tomorrow is going to be bonkers. I mean, you got a taste of it tonight with collision in Chicago as well. Yes. Um, If you say, and I'm not, I'm not speaking to you, Toogie, because I know we've talked about this. I don't think we ever said, like, he only has months or, you know, anything like that. But I think the vibe that we got was this was not a long-term deal. They may have signed a long-term deal, but, like, everything that we've talked about, Phil Brooks, since Brawl Out, has not been positive. Um... No. If you said that you did not see this coming as a fan, I just, like, the term Stevie Wonder comes to mind. Like, you're just not seeing all the signs. I'll throw back to when Brawl Out happened and social media people were posting that thing about, you know, um, all the promos that people had. Moxley. Um, Eddie Kingston, Hangman, to his face, told us this was going to happen. They didn't tell us the date, but there was no chance in hell this was going to be a success for CM Punk and AEW. The fact that Tony Khan has got the stones to fire his fanboy is that's that's applause that is the smartest thing tony khan has done since aew has uh been a viable wrestling option as far as i'm concerned he still looked like a deer in headlights at the beginning of collision he always does (laughs) but uh yeah i i think that was the biggest surprise for me was Tony Khan actually fired him. Didn't suspend him. Didn't bury him. Just said, you know what? I'm done. Amazing. So the timeline of all of this, I feel like is appropriate to go through. Mm -hmm. We had six years as wrestling fans to wait to see what CM Punk would do next. He leaves the WWE in January of 2014, uh, the night after the Royal Rumble. Didn't just do that. I remember his performance in the Royal Rumble, and for the most part, he just kind of sat in the corner and didn't engage anybody. I don't even think, did he get eliminated or did he just leave? He would have gotten eliminated, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm not 100% sure he actually, like, I think. uh, He was eliminated by Kane. Read it. So oh. there you go. And he got choke slammed through an announce table. It's got to be king. He leaves the WWE in 2014. There's the whole lawsuit, him being fired on his wedding day, the Colt Cabana podcast, his excursion with the UFC, and all of this that everybody knows at this point. And then AEW starts in 2019. And that first all out 
was associated with StarCast as well. Um, you know, the convention that still happened happened this weekend, for that matter. Um, and Punk had a um, an event there, like a, an interview segment. Yeah, like like the, yeah. yeah. And that was the biggest question on everyone's mind is, is he going to jump? And after two years of waiting, he finally did. August 20th, 2021. CM Punk debuts on the second edition of Rampage at the United Center, the building that they were in tonight for Collision and will be at All Out for tomorrow. Debuts at the United Center in one of the most anticipated and for a lot of people cathartic segments of all time. That event is was the jumping on point for my fiance as a wrestling fan. Like she had briefly kind of seen like, Oh, like MJF, she got a kick out of him, but then it was seeing CM Punk, the reaction from those in that building. And it's just like, people care this, like it, it spiked the intrigue and it Mm -hmm. along with what happens shortly after, uh, with the debuts of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole in the company, AEW hits their highest point so far as Punk immediately transitions after that seven-year retirement from wrestling into a feud with Darby Allen. This, which uh, your timeline uh, there too, saying all the, those wrestlers' names. This isn't long after Sting had joined and Christian mm-hmm. Cage as well. Like it wasn't the start, but you know the uphill climb got a boost of nitro no pun intended, um, with CM Punk, uh, uh, some NOS, NOS, some NOS, uh, with CM Punk joining AEW. 2021 was a massive, massive year for them as a lot of the COVID restrictions, so on and so forth, started to lift. Crowds came back. Um, they, they made big, big strides. And obviously, CM Punk was a huge part of that. He then transitions into a feud with Eddie Kingston, which was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. I thought punk was awesome in this. Eddie Kingston was tremendous and it caps off with a match at full gear in 2021, which again, I, I I thought was phenomenal. That's the match where Eddie Kingston fucking backfists him right at the start of the match. It was it was, it was fucking awesome. Like, there's no other way to put it. And to bring in his return, Punk was two for two. A very interesting match with Darby Allen. A very interesting mini program with Eddie Kingston. And then he transitions into the MJF feud. And that as well was phenomenal and was capped off uh, Revolution 2022 um, in March of last year. The dog collar match. With MJF. I don't I don't think there was a bigger feud in AEW. Can you name a bigger feud than than what MJF and CM Punk were able to put together? It's tough, man. I because because I don't know. We've talked about AEW's booking. AEW's booking since day one has not been perfect. It has not been stellar. They have found um some really big streams of gold and amazing 
Um, but for the most part, a lot of it is just kind of thrown together and it just happens. And then something else happens. Like we don't really get those extended storylines. We got a lot of MJF and CM Punk and none of it disappointed. Even to the point that like when MJF turned the tables and started talking about how he was bullied and how he actually was a fan and CM Punk is actually the heel because CM Punk as the superstar didn't take the time to console a fan or to to spend time with a, a fan like MJF was. And how that whole storyline kind of twisted on that that moment. It was phenomenal. So the payoff of the dog collar match, the blood, the return of Ring of Honor CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, when MJF used the, the Ring of Honor promo against CM Punk was absolutely gold as well. It, it, I don't think AEW has been able to recapture that with anybody, but it was probably the top, um, the top feud they've been able to put together in their short history. And this is where it starts to get sad as mm-hmm. a fan of CM Punk's as a fan of AEW, and I think as a fan of fucking wrestling in general. And I'll elaborate on that because these few months, like AEW was already in a pretty good spot, but the few months of the introduction of CM Punk, and again, I mentioned Danielson, Adam Cole, this was around the time, of course, that AEW was really taking that big leap forward. And now we look at what's happened in the past 16 months or so. They are still in a good spot. They sold over 80,000 tickets at Wembley. Obviously, Mm -hmm. no one's saying that it's going to be a direct one-to-one with WWE. But in terms of solidifying themselves as that second company, as legitimate competition, like at the end of the day, you know, they are affecting the wrestling business. In a, yeah, in a positive yeah. way, if you get what I, I mean, right? Like, I, that is I, I not the only WWE. place. That, yeah, WWE ahead, is no longer on. the only place for somebody yeah. to go to be a full-time wrestler on television every week. I think I don't think that even mentioning WWE is needed at this point in the timeline because it really solidified AEW as a viable option. It's not, it's not A or B it's, we're not comparing levels or anything like that, but I think based on where I agree with you that even some of the things that they've done, and I'm sure you're going to get into one of them, they took a big leap of faith on a, I don't know if he was a pillar, but one of the not so big elite guys. Um, but I, there's where this story goes has nothing to do with wwe going forward where this story goes is all about phil brooks and his relation to aew so uh, i i get why you bring it up but i think at this point it wasn't like we're we're not going to talk about buys we're not going to talk about ratings we're not talking about one or two we're now talking about the relationship between phil brooks and aew which was on such a rocket ship that's where i was that's where i was going is yeah, the yeah. idea of, 
And that's why I said it was sad and then mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Is because you look at how far AEW made it, their upward trajectory. Not to say they're not still on an upward trajectory. You get the point, though. The momentum gained in those six to seven months and where that trajectory should have continued going. Yes. That is why one of the main reasons why this is so sad. It's sad because of, again, AEW still in a good spot, but where they could have kept going. And it's sad for CM Punk's legacy for where he could have kept going, where he could have dragged the company, where the company could have dragged him. And in in general, it's just it feels like a story of wasted potential. And it it all starts with his feud with Hangman Page over the AEW world title. Mm-hmm. Because there is apparently that line of Hangman mentioning something that caught Punk off guard and people didn't even necessarily notice. But that starts the simmering. Punk gets injured five days or it should less than less than he um gets hurt on dynamite after winning the title if he wasn't hurt if i'm not remembering incorrectly he i don't think he was hurt during the match but he did the crowd dive on dynamite after winning the title and broke his foot mm-hmm. and then surrendered the title on rampage that friday which led and, us to that tournament with jericho starks uh oh, yes yeah, so he didn't even he didn't even initially surrender the fucking title they did the interim championship yes. with Moxley, and Moxley then that the leads yeah. into the Punk-Moxley match that ended in like three minutes with Moxley winning and then set up the rematch. Wasn't there at, a concussion involved in that one too? And that's why it went all kind of wonky? I remember you and I talking about it and like something happened where... There, there, there was, was whether like or not he was still hurt. Yeah. How hurt was Punk heading into that was the yes. the conversation. But that all leads, you know, again, you have such a strong start. Everything's on an upward trajectory. And you hit a pretty big snag with the injury after winning the title. Mm-hmm. Things are a little bit wonky. There's the Moxley interim title, then the switch. And that all leads to all out last year, September of 2022. Where you think, okay, after this event, things will get on back on track. It was supposed to be the whole Summer of Punk thing. Got a bit messed up and muddled, but things will work out. And then the media scrum happens. And Punk gets hurt in that rematch yep. with Moxley. We do and not have to MJF talk about- comes back. MJF should have been the biggest story coming out of All Out last year. Yeah. And wasn't. Now, obviously, we don't have to talk about Brawl Out in full from last year. Everybody knows it. It's, I mean, my God, we've been living in the aftermath of it for the past year. That was, Um, we jumped on live after that. We did. (laughs) Check the archives, kids. And of course, like I said, Punk ends up getting injured in that match with Moxley. So you have the awkwardness of Brawl Out. Throwing Colt Cabana, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, 
all of them under the bus. And then Punk is gone anyway for a tricep tear. Mm-hmm. Or as Crash mentioned, nine months. There's all the talk, the drama, the news in those nine months. And then CM Punk returns in June. Go ahead. We never got definitive news either from AEW that it was an injury or suspension or a combination of both either, which was absolutely bizarre at the time, too, because there were rumblings, rumors that they could have just released him at that point. Like, I'm sure they had whatever they have now. They had enough then to make this move then. And they didn't. But they never we talked about it. They never said um, officially that he was out with an injury until he was coming back, like until the day before the the promos before that he was getting collision and he was going to be back. And, oh, I've been rehabbing. Never made any mention of the injury. Never made an official stance that he was suspended either. There was like an indefinite suspension, but they never said like, we're suspending him for three months, five months, however long. There was so much like muddy waters through all of this until later on down the timeline. But it it just, it didn't, none of this felt right while we were waiting for whatever could have been the return of CM Punk. Punk returns at collision in Gets Chicago. In, in, in <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, Jesus, what a, what a theme. Um, obviously involved in the Owen Hart tournament over the next couple of weeks, which leads to his now uh, <laughs> was ongoing uh, <laughs> feud that he now no longer has with Ricky Starks in regards to the Real World Championship so on and so forth has the match with Samoa Joe at all in in Wembley, which could end up. We have no idea could end up being the last match of his career. Time will tell. And then obviously gets into the altercation with one Jack Perry. And it was announced today uh, that he CM Punk has been uh, terminated with cause. And you know that they have used that term purposefully. Mm-hmm. It is the idea of we have justification for this. Good luck suing us over this. They did not wish him all the best in his future endeavors. <laughs> they they kicked him out the door and had every reason to do it. They... They couldn't necessarily do it after what happened last year. Mm -hmm. It was too much. He said, she said that wasn't the case this time. Mm -hmm. This was out in the open for everybody to see Tony Khan's right there. The news reports kept coming out like this is on film because there were enough cameras. Like there, there was the ability to say, okay, at this point, obviously we have tried to mend fences over the last year. This is not working. We are covered from a legal standpoint in which he can't fucking sue us for wrongful termination or any of that shit. Like we have, he's got no leg to stand on legally, essentially, is the confidence you know that they have. Let's just do this. Cut ties and move on. And they made no, Tony Khan made no bones about it on collision today. Like, it, he did not skirt anything. Did he, like, avoid direct? 
talk about it, you could make that argument. But for the most part, he addressed it head on. And like, again, I say like Tony Khan would rather not deal with this stuff. He'd rather be the guy, the fanboy in front of the camera, not the businessman in front of the camera. And we got businessman Tony Khan, which was so bizarre to see. But just how he kept talking about termination with cause, his statement on social media, termination with cause. Like, I, for some reason, like Vince McMahon talking about Randy Savage, even though that was a contract ending. Like, the next Raw and how, like, he just absolutely gushed. I get apples and oranges. Like, he didn't fire the guy. It was a contract ending. But, like, for some reason, the contrast I find so interesting today. Termination with cause versus, like, we loved him. We wanted, we wish him well, everything. No, this is, this is somebody making a huge mistake. And... Nobody going, oh, you know, we're not going to touch it. They, they absolutely addressed it today, which I was, I was glad to see. But like I said, it's, this isn't what we're used to from AEW. Not that they've been in this position with anybody else or anything like that, but they usually don't take a stand like they did today. Like I said, and it's, it's tough too, because there's obviously so much to this. Mm -hmm. there were points like 10 minutes into this i'm like should we restart and should we present this a different way but now that we're here almost half an hour into this i feel like the way we have talked about this so far uh is fitting because this is just the biggest what the fuck yes from a non uh, from a non super serious real life perspective Right. I think you can tell what I'm alluding towards there. But this is the biggest what the fuck that we have seen in wrestling for a very, very long time. And like I said, I view it as just such wasted potential in regards to everything. And like I said, too, like, you know, for me as as an AW fan, it's not a matter of like, oh, this hurts their chances of being number one. Like, no. But, this actually betters their chances as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, Jesus, that could be the <laughs> argument now. Um, it's just that thing. Of, like, I can't help but think, like, you know, at the end of the day, even though I, I do not watch WWE, really, outside of, like, seeing stuff on Twitter and Reddit, I still want that company to essentially be doing well for the sake of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's that idea of, like, okay, if AEW is as strong as they can be, like, wrestling wins which is the important thing here. Like I said, WWE is not my cup of tea, but I'm glad it is for some people because it's just it's it's wrestling that I love, not individual companies, although I can have love for those companies. Um, it just raises the question now of what is in AEW's future? And we can talk about the future of AEW and the future of Phil individually, the future for AEW is obviously like they have a pay-per-view tomorrow, um, a week removed from the last one, which is controversial in and of itself. Right. Um, it's certainly reasonable to view it as a mistake. It's reasonable to view this card as not necessarily pay-per-view worthy. Um, I mean, the most built-up match is... Orange Cassidy and, and John Moxley, which I think will be an amazing match and is apparently 
the likely one to main event. But, but you have your we world champion MJF. We didn't know about it until Wednesday, though. That's yeah, exactly. So then again, like I'll ask you while we're recording, like what kind of conversation do we want to have here? Do we want to continue with Phil Brooks or do we want to like because where one of the things I loved about such a hard podcast last week was we addressed the things somewhat that we wanted to talk about. I saw your tweet about, um, oh man, here's one of my classic brain farts. Uh, Eric Bischoff talking about all out and how you disagreed with him. And I, I had a hard time disagreeing with him. Now, like we could go two hours probably talking about all out. We could probably go, you know, but like, that's where I'm kind of struggling right now is do I fight you on this or do we just continue to kind of voice our disappointment with Phil Brooks? Because I've got a lot in both canons, if that makes sense. We can talk about the Phil side of things first, then. If we want so, to kind of talk about what all in was, what all outs looking like, yeah. and, and so, then what might be coming up next, we can talk about Phil first. I want to go back before we go forward, because in Punk's first promo, um, he really highlighted AEW's youth and the pillars. As I'm using quotation fingers, because the pillars has expanded, and there's more than four, and. Some like the term, some don't, but he, that's why he came back because there was guys in the locker room that were here to fight for professional wrestling. And he really mentioned that he wanted to elevate those guys and give those guys a platform. And that really was one of the catalysts to him starting off with Darby Allen, even though Sting was right there. (laughs) Like, Mm. I... When I saw that feud, I'm like, this is going to be great for AEW. He is eventually going to win the title. He's not there to not be the top guy. But if he can elevate a Darby Allen, if he can elevate an MJF along the way, that's going to be great. And if he's the champion and he can elevate a Ricky Starks and he can elevate anybody else, this is going to be great for AEW. He's putting these other guys on the map and hopefully they... Um, elevate themselves to be on that level. But up until, I know I said Ricky Starks, we really didn't have anybody that wasn't established. Maybe Eddie Kingston, I guess you could make the argument that he, as far as household name and all that stuff, um, Eddie Kingston wasn't quite there. And Punk helped that out. But once he got into that title picture or whatever, like, who did he really elevate? Until he came back and got into the feud with, um, with Ricky Starks after the Owen Hart Cup. Like, it it really looked, felt like he really only helped out maybe three or four guys in the amount of time that he was there. When his first promo was... I'm here to fight for the guys in the back. I'm here for professional wrestling. I'm here because there's guys who want to be here and want to be the best. And I want to help them along the way. Right. Mm. But it got to a point where we just got old CM Punk, Phil Brooks. 
And that to me is the most disappointing out of all of this was when he first came out, it really felt like he had changed and he, he understood his role and then he got lost. And that's where the parallels, for some reason, the parallels to Will Smith (laughs) are popping in my head. You know, when you're, when you're at your highest point, the devil comes and and takes it away kind of thing. When keeping it real goes wrong. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, that's, that was the most disappointing thing is he had an opportunity and it's the irony of it being jungle boy. The irony of it being uh, Jack Perry, one of the young guys, one of the guys who could have actually gotten the CM Punk rub and he's the guy who got him out of the company. I mean, it was CM Punk who got himself out, but you know, there's there, the irony is thick right here that I, I just sit here and I laugh that we could have gotten so much more out of CM Punk. AEW could have gotten so much more, but Phil Brooks got in the way. And I hope we don't see him again. I was excited to see him again. And now I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a a pretty common thought from a lot of people, right? And it is that idea of, you know, you just look, like you said earlier on, you know, you see this relationship souring and getting worse and worse. And it's like, you do see it on the course that it's on. We all see the train wreck coming, Mm -hmm. but you're like, come on, like, you're you're not actually going to end up at this point, right? Like, there's a clear and obvious, like, just, and no, they, they still, they still end up here. And like I said, in regards to what happens for him next, I mean, obviously, immediately people are going to be like, WWE. And look, people will always think that, and rightfully so, because that company has had the history of, look, it doesn't matter what the hell your problems have been. If there is money to be made, we will bring you back. There is the thought of, okay, but it's it's Triple H at the helm, and he and Punk really didn't get along. But then there was the reports uh, last year that Punk was backstage at an episode of Raw and made amends with Triple H and Miz and whatever the hell. Tried to, but Vince kicked him out. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, look, if he goes back to WWE, it is what it is, right? And... I'm going to throw back to one of our podcasts shortly after Brawl Out. And it's amazing the timing. I, I mean, it's it's been amazing the timing just because of everything. If we don't get Cody Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Tuggy, do you remember what you proposed as the main event at WrestleMania after Brawl Out? No. <laughs> no, I Cody don't. Cody Rhodes. And CM Punk. When we thought that CM Punk was going to get fired after Brawl Out last year. Mm. That all of a sudden is now back on the table. Hmm. Vince is screaming in his pants right now. (laughs) I do think he will go back. Yeah. I I genuinely do. I do think within the next year he will be on WWE television. There is too much money there from a WWE perspective. To not want to make that, especially uh, knowing that they're the, the new merger in the whole thing of both them and the UFC being owned by the, the same company. Uh, they are going to, there's just too much money to be made. 
there's too big of ratings that you can spike by bringing in CM Punk, even if it's a short short term thing that the potential toxicity of it is worth it because for them, it is about the money at this stage. Obviously, for the AEW side of things, it was worth the money until it fucking wasn't uh, because they tried. Like you could tell. I mean, they tried a hell of a lot more than some people ever thought they would to see if this could work. And ultimately, it didn't. I'd love to see how many flights out of Chicago were heading to Pittsburgh. We're back. We're backlash <laughs> taking place tonight and whether or not they could get Phil Brooks. Is that uh, as we're recording? I don't even know if that event's over yet. I don't believe it is judging by there's still, judging there's by still a chance. Do you think he's got a no compete? Or do they have to scrap the no compete considering the fact that they gassed him? I mean, well, WWE, at least with their contracts, there was still the no compete, even if they did fire you. So, right. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah. I, who the hell knows, man? Like I said, that, I think- that's where it gets tough is, you know, you, you don't want to get into a situation like, you know, we're talking about like the he said, she said aspect of it, the speculation parts of things like you don't want to get into it too much. But. Yeah, in a, in a general sense, I, I genuinely do think CM Punk will go back to the WWE. There's just too much money to be made there. It's just a matter okay. of one. So here's here's where we, we put our, our reputations on the line, Tugas. The over-under that I am going to set right now is uh, spot 15 and a half at the Royal Rumble. Are we going over or under over being like six spot 16 to WrestleMania or down the road? Uh, the under being spot 15 and earlier. I don't I, think, I honestly in the think Royal Rumble is the smartest move that they can do right now. My my presumption based on where WWE's gone is Cody Rhodes wins the Rumble again and then wins. Um Unless you were to have a situation where it's CM Punk wins the Royal Rumble to take on Seth Rollins and then doesn't main event for the title again. (laughs) You know, I love it and doesn't win the title because he's an AEW guy now. No, I, I do love that. The the only thing that I would throw in here that makes me think that Cody Rhodes will not challenge for the belt. At WrestleMania, just on a side tangent, you saw that clip of. The Rock and Kevin Hart talking about WrestleMania being in Philadelphia this year. Did you see that clip that went viral a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. The Rock even mentioned that he was going to be involved in Philadelphia and WrestleMania. I mean, well, there you go. There's Roman's program. Uh, you get Cody Rhodes and Rollins again, and then CM Punk can have a match with The Miz, I guess. Who the fuck? Uh, um, with LA Knight. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I, I, think, I think he's... If he's not number 30 at the Royal Rumble, they've WWE doesn't want him. If they don't bring him in by January and he's he's like one of the surprises at the end of the Royal Rumble, we're not seeing him in WWE. That or the night after the Rumble, yeah, would be my guess. Um, just because that always pops a, a bigger rating, it has more eyeballs on it. Um, Where so, is Rumble this year? 
Oh, that's a good question. I know Survivor Series is in Chicago. A lot of people have thrown that out there already. Yeah. Um, I don't believe the Rumble has a confirmed location yet. So uh, I think the rumor was uh, Tropicana Field in Florida, but I don't believe that was confirmed. So. Um, yeah, if they if they don't bring if they don't bring them in for Survivor Series, that's even worse. But if they don't bring them in for a late entry in the Men's Royal Rumble, I I don't see him, at least not in like the short term. I don't know if Phil wants to take a year or two off to think, you know, think about what he's done. <laughs> Go sit in the corner for a little bit. I don't know if he's got to rehab some injuries because he seems say, to what, be broken what do glass. Have time? Like he's 44. You know? Yeah. And it, it, it was already having injury trouble. Like, yeah. you, you start to wonder, like, okay, like, what? And again, we, we have no idea. Like, it's it's one of two things. It's either he goes back to WWE or likely retires. Like, what what is he going to do? He, he's not going to go to a PWG with the AEW connections that are there. He's, he can't go to Ring of Honor anymore, given that it's an AEW property. Um, he goes to Impact. What's, hmm? <laughs> he goes to Impact and takes on... I don't know. I don't Alex know Shelley, their yeah. current world champion. But they've got ties technically to AEW. Mm-hmm. Like they've had partnerships in the past. I, I don't think I don't see Tony Khan being like, do not hire this guy, otherwise our business uh will, you know, we won't partner with you going forward. I do him see him saying don't don't hire this guy because he's an idiot and he's a toxic cancer in any situation that he's going to be put in front of i do hmm. see him giving that wondrous review but I, I don't see tony khan you know calling up uh scott demore and saying like don't don't hire this guy yeah. i think so obviously I think, there's, I think there's a lot of companies out there bending over backwards and falling over themselves to try and sign phil brooks today hmm. so obviously we'll find out um what the future is like i said it's just (laughs) i can't get out of the headspace of just like how surreal it is that like man just over two years after his incredible return to that company and his run in that company is over like i said the the best way i can sum up 46 minutes of this podcast now is wasted potential yeah who who's uh, FTR going to win the trios championships with now? Um, it could be CBFTR or CCFTR <laughs> with Colt Cabana. Oh man, I was so excited when they came to Calgary, and I thought that there would be a CMFTR shirt, and I wanted to get that shirt because it's so close to the Hitman logo and everything, and they didn't have it, and I was so disappointed. Oh man, I'm so glad I have that forty dollars. Still in my pocket. Thanks, CM Punk. I still just can't help but think too like, and again, I I am running out of time for this week's show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do still want to quickly talk about all in and all out. Uh, but in regards to this, like, if he doesn't, if CM Punk does not go to the WWE, and this is how his career ends, that is, uh, it's an interesting twist to the legacy conversation you know like it, it really again just over a year ago it would have been 
say his career ended off of that foot injury after winning the title. And it still probably would have come out that, like, okay, he and Hangman didn't really get along. But if his career ended from that injury and he never came back, he still would have been viewed so goddamn positively. Like, he has done so... and uh, He has, and the other people, and the shots, and the, 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 the this whole mess. Whoever the hell you want to place the most blame on, that's up to you. This whole mess has done a hit, a large hit. Uh, to his to his reputation and to his legacy, mm-hmm. though, which is, I mean, his reputation anyway it was a bit inconsistent at times. But man, this you know, for the people who are just like, I never liked the guy. Like this, this cements it for them of like, yeah, no, I was right to feel that way. I um, I truly think that it put what we knew of Phil Brooks heading out of his time in WWE. It kind of just put, uh. More of a microscope on that side of what we got to know of him versus what we, you know, what we, who he, we thought he was versus who we found out he was at the end of WWE. I think, I don't think it ruins his legacy. I think it just puts a little bit more light on the one side of it. In regards to All In from this past Sunday and All Out, which is tonight, I mean, on the day that people will be hearing this. Um, I will sum up my thoughts on last week's pay-per-view, as again, I enjoyed it immensely. I thought essentially every match delivered. I thought they nailed it with the presentation and showcasing the fact that they were in a stadium of 80,000 people. To me, it did not matter that they didn't have this big, elaborate fucking stage, because it did, and granted, WWE, you know, they do it in the the typical arenas, not necessarily for the big stadium shows, but it put the spotlight on the crowd. And that was the whole point was look at how many fucking people are here that paid to be here. And we're not fluffing up the number like WWE has done for 40 years. Um, I enjoyed the pay-per-view immensely. And it is such a fucking shame that it is being overshadowed by what we've talked about today and everything that we've talked about. And it's also, of course, now going to be a little bit overshadowed by the fact that the idea of back-to-back pay-per-views hasn't quite worked out as they would have initially planned. And that All Out does look weaker on paper. Like, that's the only way. It is weaker on paper. You can justify it as the weakest lineup that they've ever put out for a pay-per-view. That said, I do plan on watching it. I do think it'll be a solid show. Am I excited about the idea of two $50 pay-per-views a week apart when this one's weaker? No. Should this have been on a streaming service or been in a discounted rate? Yes. Crash Andrews, the floor is yours. I I just want to really quickly before uh, I just saw this on Twitter because I was looking for a different quote, but uh, Grayson Waller, who's one of the big up-and-comers in WWE, had a big segment with Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I saw the picture. Uh, got punched by Jay Uso. Uh, he's in the back, uh, icing down his face with a nice cold Pepsi can. For what it's worth, um, all in. I, you know what? I agree with what you said. It was to show that they're an international company. It was to show the crazy UK fans. Which anytime you can get UK fans, um enjoying your sport or your product 
is um it's just a different beast it's amazing to see how uh how england uh fans just react to almost anything mm. from a wrestling standpoint from a professional wrestling standpoint this was an AEW event to mm-hmm. me and as i pointed out before I am still not used to the booking on the fly and giving something two weeks and then moving on to the next thing. Um, the only long-term program I believe that was on the show was Adam Cole and MJF. Everything else kind of came to light the week of. Which, if you wanted to treat this like an 80,000-person event this is your wrestlemania this should have been um the fact that they were able to sell that many tickets without telling us who was going to be on the show aside from mjf and uh adam cole even though probably about 80 percent of the tickets were already sold at that point maybe about 70 Mm -hmm. uh is a testament to the popularity of the company regardless the mistakes that they make and I'm completely moving, removing CM Punk from this conversation. But the booking wasn't solid. The wrestling wasn't all that solid either. Um, mm, I disagree there. I would. I here's to you. You're going to absolutely chastise me for this take. Are you ready? Are you ready for sure. this one? Let's hear it. Kota Ibushi was not impressive for all the hype, for all the excitement around him, was very sloppy, did not seem to be in shape. That, and seeing the only real comparison I have is maybe the, the Cruiserweight Classic, that was disappointing. The Jericho-Will Ospreay match, I get that you don't have Kenny Omega on the other side. You don't have a young guy. You're you're carrying a 60, 50-year-old corpse. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I'm only, I'm less than a decade away. Um, you know, those that wasn't a Will Ospreay match. That was a Chris Jericho match. There were so many things that happened on this show that I just was not, it didn't get me hyped up like, and, it, and the easiest comparison to do is WrestleMania. And whether you want to compare night one or night two, it was better than night two. But you had to bring out night one uh, at an event like this, as far as I'm concerned. With that crowd and that... um, It just... It did not have that big game field. This was not the Super Bowl. It should have been, but it wasn't as far as I'm concerned. And that's where I kind of like agree with Bischoff. Like this really was a chance to absolutely cement yourself. Maybe even push yourself closer to that conversation of being on par with WWE. And it just, I don't know. I I don't know if I went in with bigger expectations or anything like that, but this, this did not get there. Um, there were some good moments, but it just it didn't hit the heights that everything else brought. I do, in fact, disagree. 
but that is okay. <laughs> and that's a good thing because I don't oh, think... no, fight me on it. Fight me on it. I don't want to fight you on it, but I disagree. I think they they had the big moments with the super invested crowd in the main events. I thought the crowd in the tag match between FTR and the Young Bucks was very much there and it had that type of feel. Uh, similar to, say, you mentioned WrestleMania in night one, similar to the triple threat match that was there in terms of the crowd being really behind it. Um, and without Titus O'Neil uh, yelling about how someone got chopped on commentary while it was happening, um, I thought you had some of the strong entrances. I mean, fucking Sting came out to Metallica again, for the right. love of God. Um, I, again, I thought the in-ring work delivered. I thought the moments were there. I thought the presentation was there, but I, you know, not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong, but we do disagree. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It. I'm not going to put it on the same level as Forbidden Door because I've already explained why that one didn't hit was because I, I just didn't know enough about the other wrestlers. Mm. I knew enough about all the wrestlers in this one. They had the buildups heading into it. And it just it just didn't really feel. In, it, it just it wasn't that high. Uh, what's the wh I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like just saying like it it wasn't the Super Bowl. It was like a it was a week 10 week 11 football. <laughs> in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned, you had an opportunity in front of 80,000. OK. So what would they have had to have done then? What were they missing? I, d I will admit a lot of it was build up. These matches okay. were just thrown together. That's for fair. the most part. But the event itself. Because they did have programs that did build up. There were some, yeah, that were a little bit more thrown together. But whether it be Hook and Jack Perry, Punk and Samoa Joe... Uh, Young Bucks FTR, you Best know what, Friends even... and Blackpool Combat Club has been building up for a while. Swerve and Darby has been building up for a while. The Acclaimed and House of Black, the main event especially, has been building up for four months, five months. I just, I don't know if it ended up being like the actual wrestling. Because the there was a, in the first three matches, there were so many misses and just how sloppy it was. The main event was fantastic. I'm not going to sit here and say like the whole show was terrible. Um, the house of black versus, uh, the acclaimed very good match. I love everything that FTR does. They could have a terrible match and I'd still sit here and fanboy over it. But it just, after the first three matches being as slow and the intensity wasn't quite there for me and the misses and it just wasn't as high impact as I just, it just lost me. Fair enough. I can't disagree with it. You know, it's your, your opinion is your opinion. My opinion is mine. So, I mean, I can't disagree with you on it. You I can. mean, I can disagree with you on it, but I can't call you wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. I just, it, it tuned me out by the time the women's match came around. I, I wasn't, I was, it was like watching Star Wars The Phantom Menace for the first time in the movie theater. You're excited that it's another Star Wars movie. And then it, it just wasn't smooth and it didn't feel like how it should have felt. 
that's probably the best way I can put it with another analogy. Yes, I was still I was alive when <laughs> I could go see the Phantom Menace for its first run in the movie. Th- I think I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning to go and see it at a movie theater. I'm old, too. So with that. Obviously, we'll have to be back next week to talk about other aspects and the continued uh, fallout, really, um, of everything that's happened. Again, uh, AEW has another pay-per-view essentially tonight. And what's what are the next steps, if any, in this whole story? But I don't think it's the last we see of him. I, don't I just don't know how we see him again. CM Punk gone from AEW again. Just two years and uh, a couple of weeks after his long, long awaited debut. It is weird. Um, and it is one of those things where, like we said, you could see it coming, but it's still really bizarre to know that, okay, there was finally resolution uh, to this whole deal. Crash, do you have anything to add before we wrap up here? I am trying to find a quote. I don't think a, a I'm sure I could find so many um, weasel quotes to to get us to where we need to be. But uh, no, <laughs> I don't. What else do you say? It, it this could have been so much bigger if egos got out of the way. And I think it was a case of somebody who thought he was bigger. Uh, then the company uh, tried to prove it. And I do I think he shows up in WWE? Sure, because it's one of the only places where he's not bigger than. So. A, a CM Punk quote from brainyquote.com will wrap us up here. I think being angry is what keeps me motivated. <laughs> <laughs> See you that next worked. week, everybody. I like it. <laughs>